it is a pleasure for me to come and speak, speak to you, and I um, pray that the Lord would bless it. Uh, let's open with a, a time of prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for this teaching for this whole week here at the Family Conference. We pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, give, our, give our young hearts um, truth. Speak to us, O Lord, from your word of who you are and how you know everything in the world. Uh, speak to us from the greatest to the least through my, my ministry here, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Am I on? Is that okay? Okay. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I was very blessed this week so far, and uh, it was funny to, to listen to Pastor Muller speak this morning on uh, the simplicity of God that you know, the way that pastors think is, you know, if they give you the simplicity of God, they must think I'm simple. And, and so when I, get, when I got the, uh, the call to do the omniscience of God, I don't know if it was because I don't know anything or I think I know everything. And I think, you know, let's give, let's give James omniscience because he always thinks he knows everything. So um, if you would open your Bibles with me. To Psalm 139. Psalm 139. This is a wonderful psalm by David. And he's thinking about who God is and how God knows him, how God knows everything about him, and what that means in his own life. So, here the reading of God's holy word. Beginning in verse 1 of Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Do I need to move, or am I okay? Okay. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me night, even the darkness is not dark to you. It is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Your frame was not hidden from me. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. 
Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And this is the reading of God's holy word. Uh, You know, as I was saying, you know, I confess to you right now that Pastor James is a know-it-all. How many of you know what a know-it-all is? Okay. Sure. Nave, Mr. Nave. Yes, that's right. Somebody who knows it all. Now, do they really know it all or do they think they know it all? They think they know it all, right? If you ask them a question, even though they don't know the answer, what happens? They just start talking as if they know the answer, right? Let me ask you guys this question. What is 531 to the zero power? One, yes, very good. What's your name? Zachary, Zachary, stand up real quick. Good job, good job, yes. Okay, now without your, without your smartphones, with just no calculators, all in your mind, 513th power. How many of you don't know the answer? Good, good. How many of you know the answer? There's the know-it-all. There it is. Yes. Uh, let me ask you uh, just a few more. Uh, this is, I'm trying to, trying to break the ice here. Because um, th- these are some of the questions that, that, that befuddled me. That, okay. How many months in the year have 31 days? I <laughs> see the knuckle. Okay. How many months of the year have 30 days? Okay. All right. You guys are still doing How many months of the year have 28 days? Ah, 12. Yes, very good. Yeah. See, I, I didn't get that. See, it's the kids who get it because they think on a different level. All right, here's another one. Here's another one. What's the name of the president in 1970. Yeah, oh, you know, yes, that's right, that's right. Because he was, because he's the president now, but his name was Barack in 1970 still. Anyways. <laughs> but you're supposed to raise your hand, Gabe. And it, <laughs> uh, Well, I'm here this evening to talk to you a little bit about how God knows everything. And the way that we, what we call that is the omniscience of God, right? We've been looking at different words. Omni, who knows what omni means? Yes, all. And who knows what science means? 
At least the... Knowing. So if you put them together, what does it mean? All-knowing. That's right. It's, it's the idea that God knows everything about everything in every way. Can you say that with me? God knows everything about everything in every way. See, there you go. You, you understand the entire biblical truth of God's omniscience right there. So I'm going to try to give you uh, more context, but if anybody asks you what's the omniscience of God, give them that answer, that God knows everything. He knows about everything, about everything in every way. Um, And there is nothing that God does not know, okay? And um, one of the most beautiful verses in all the Bible that reflects uh, this truth is that God knows everything about everything in every way, but we don't, right? We can know everything and everything in every way. But what God does tell us is that he gives us enough knowledge to do all that he commands, to know all that he wants us to know. And uh, we had heard it before, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed, right, those things that God wants us to know from, from his omniscience, from knowing everything that he's revealed to us, particularly in his word, God, God says, those things that are revealed belong to us. God gives them to us. They are ours to know. And to our children forever that we may do all the words of the law. So God wants us to know what he wants us to know. And so tonight, as we are looking at Psalm 139, David the psalmist wants us to know that God knows everything about everything in every way, but more importantly, if he's going to reveal what he wants us to know out of his omniscience, is God knows everything about you and me. He wants us to know that he knows everything about you and me and how that, why that matters in our life, right? So that we can trust in him. We can follow him, obey him. And when things are hard in our lives, we can cry out to him. And he hears us. And he knows us. He knows you and me in every way so that we might know him and follow him, worship him, and love him. So first, I want us to look at how God knows everything about us because he is our God. He is our God. If you look at verse 1, David, uh, King David says, and he calls here God by name. He says, O Lord, and he literally says, O Yahweh. And this name is the covenant personal name that God gave to Moses and the people of Israel at Mount Sinai. That God told Moses, tell them that Yahweh sent you. Tell them that I am who I am sent you to me to save them. And that is the name of God that only his people call him by. It is the name that that God gave to the Israelites and says, this is the name that I'm only giving to you 
so that you would know that I belong to you and you belong to me. How many of you have uh, loving, names that your parents give you that is not your, your regular name? Like, uh, yeah, what, what, yeah, tell me. LJ. LJ, okay. Right, so if, you, if your parents say LJ, out of a crowd of people, you know who's calling you, right? Okay, how about you? Pukavel, yes. That is, yes, that's the best one. Okay, who's got one more? Uh, oh, okay, back there. Moon. Oh, Bouge, okay. Bouge, right? See, the, see the, name, name, the name that God gives of himself is an intimate name. It's a name that God wants only those who know him and love him, those who he loves and knows. And he says, Yahweh. So he's saying here, almost like if, uh, if, God, if, if we cried out to God with, well, if, if someone cried out to you in your name, Bouge or Pukabel, you know it's somebody who loves you who's calling you. And so, da- so the, the King David is saying, uh, Oh, Yahweh. And so this is a personal relationship that he has. And, and, and because he is David's God, he says this. He says, You have searched me and known me. And what that means here is this is the idea of searching, looking, examining, seeing right through to, the, to exactly what you need to see. It's like an x-ray, right? How many of you have put on... Well, how many of you wish you had x-ray vision? You could see through everything and, and you, you know, be like Superman, right? Or, or how about this? How many of you have lost something in the mess of your room and you wish you could find it with just one glance? Yeah, see? 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 See, what, 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 the, uh, what King David is saying here is that he can see right through into you. And he knows everything about you. When he searches you, when he, he looks at you, and he sees right through you. Sometimes he sees our hurt. Sometimes he sees our joy. Sometimes he sees some of the, the bad things that are in our hearts. But he knows us. Of all the billions and billions and billions of people in the world who have ever lived, who live right now, and who are going to live God knows you. He searched you. He knows you. You are his child. He is your God. And then, verse 2, he says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. And this is a way that, that people in the Bible summarize the whole of one's life. We are always, if you think about what we do in, a, in any given day, we're either sitting down or laying down or we're standing up or getting up. And it reminds us of Psalm 121. How many of you know the very last verse there? That God is our keeper. He watches over us. He guards us. And he says, he watches over you when you go out and when you come in. And that's the whole of our life. And what David is saying here is that God sees us and knows us when we sit down and when we rise up, when we sit up and st- uh, sit down and stand up, and everything in between. And so, whatever we're doing, God knows 
what we've done. God knows everything that we do. And what this means then is that no matter how how much you've gotten into trouble, how many of you have ever gotten into trouble? And maybe you were in trouble all by yourself and there was no one there to rescue you. If you got lost, God would know. (laughs) If you got lost, you could cry out to God. God knows where you are. There's no point in your life where God doesn't see you. He can't see you. And this particular verse reminds me of a time when my children were younger. How many of you have been to Disneyland or Disney World? Yeah? How many of you remember the little strollers that they give you? The little blue plastic ones, and they've got the really bad buckles. And Never put your trust in, in those buckles. Um, we did. We did. And so when, when my daughters were young, Sophia and Callie, oh, by the way, you know, I didn't introduce you guys. Stand up real quick. Sophia, <laughs> you're going to kill me later, aren't you? And then, and then Callie is, is gone, but, and my wife there, yes, Taylor, <laughs> we stood up before. We put, we, so, the, so we were at Disney World, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and it was a, a hot day not too long ago, just like, just like a couple of days ago. It was so hot that we thought we were literally going to melt. And we, we, cla- we clamped in Sophia, and then Callie, we clamped her in, and she was about two or three. And the buckle wasn't that strong, but we, we clamped her in, and, and we, so then we pushed. And, uh, and so we're going, you know, our own separate ways, and then all of a sudden, you know, we, you know Taylor, my wife, looks in, and Callie is missing. We put her down, and we thought we knew she was there, but we didn't see when she got up. And so just imagine being in in an amusement park full of strangers you don't know. So I'm going to share this with you. Taylor started screaming, and my family started screaming, and I didn't scream, but I was... So we all went and... And so we went in five different directions, and how, how, how uh, hilarious it, it well, it, it's hilarious now that I look at it, but at the time we were, we were pale, we lost, our, we lost all sense of, of, of uh, rationality, so we all went our different ways, and my mom was with, with us, and so we all, we all ran, but Sophia was still in the... <laughs> In the, uh, in the carrier, and my mom saw everyone run off, and she just stuck by to watch, watch um, Sophia. But God is not like that. God will always know when you're sitting down. He'll always know when you're rising. And thank the Lord that, that Callie was enjoying the cracks in the cement not too far away. And, and with all the hysterical screaming, everyone was like, oh, she's right here. Um, but going through my mind, you know, I look back and I was thinking about this pastor. And going back in my mind, I was thinking, you know, God, God knew where she was. God was watching over her. And that's what I want you guys to know. That whatever you do, God is there and he watch, he's watching you. God also knows everything about our ways. 
First, he knows our thoughts. Look at what else he says here. He says, you discern my thoughts from afar. And what David is saying there is, no matter how far we think God is from us, God can see right through us and he sees what we're thinking. Good or ill. And God is never so far off that he doesn't know what's going on in our lives. Verse 4, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. He knows what's in us before we think of them and even before we say them. He also knows our ways. He knows the kind of people we are, the kind of kid we are, the kind of boy we are, the kind of girl we are. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. He's not just acquainted. That, That word there is a little weak. He knows intimately all our ways. He knows our habits. He knows what we love and what we don't love. He knows the path of your life. He knows where you're going to rest to lay down. And he knows all the ways that you're going to live your life. And he knows what I'm going to do at any given point in my life. Let me ask you a question. If God knows what I'm thinking, and he knows what I'm like, Is that good or is that bad for you and me? Both. Okay. So why why is it good for you? For God to know everything about you and what you're thinking and what you're like. Okay? Yes, yes. Wow, yes, yeah. He 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 knows us. And he plans our life because he knows us, right? He knows what we're like. And he, he even planned us, right? Now, how is it bad for us? How is it bad for us? Yes. 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 Very good. It's, it's good and bad that way. But, um, but yeah, so for him to know our ways is good and bad. But it's, it's good because he knows us and he can plan our lives the way that he wants. But also it's, 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 it's bad because of our sins. But it's good because that's when he can pour out his grace in our lives. Very good, yes. Um. So, this means also then that God cares for us, he provides for us, and he does everything for us because he loves us and he knows us. Look at verse 5. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Now, here the, the picture here is of God enfolding, embracing, encasing Uh, holding from all the front and the back, enclosing us, 
a mother hen who gathers her chicks and, and puts, puts them under her wings and protects her from danger, from bigger birds that would snatch them up, from the sun that would fry them. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. That and, and, and that's how God that's how God hems us in. That's how God covers over us to protect us from the, those that would do us harm and even from ourselves. Right? And and he lays his hand upon us. Now let me know, here's the thing. Now, you guys know this as, as, as kids, right? That sometimes our parents, uh, they, 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 they want to take care of us, and, and sometimes we don't want to follow, right? Um, when, when my girls were younger, you know, and I'm looking at some of you little ones here, and we, you guys don't walk necessarily in a straight line, right? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know... And, and then some of you with, with scooters, man, I mean, you guys can, you know, it's, it's, you guys have some pileups there. Well, I, when we went, and, and, then, and then the Arizona folks here, you guys can, can, you guys can follow me on this, is that we were at the Grand Canyon at the South Rim, and there are sections of the canyon where they have railings. You know, so at the other, so it blocks off the edge here, and it's a thousand foot drop or whatever, however deep it is. And, and so they've got like fences. But there are parts of the rim where if you go from, you know, keep going, it, there's nothing. There's nothing. It's just the little sidewalk and then a thousand foot drop. Now, my kids were like, you know, four or five. And, you know, do you think that I would just let them walk on the sidewalk? with that thousand foot drop, right? Uh, oh, you know, and then, no. We, I, I picked up my daughter and closed her, hemmed her in my arms, loved on her, and she was kicking and screaming all the way. <laughs> um, and we're like that. Sometimes when God wants to protect us, God wants to watch over us and keep us from, from hurting ourselves or, or going against his will and sinning or hurting somebody else, it's a, it's a kind of blessing from God. And, and sometimes we don't recognize that, but he loves us and he holds us and, and he wants you to know that that's one of the ways that he knows you. You know, I... I had a friend in college who got a really good job at a financial firm in New York City because that's where I went to college. And it was, he was like the first one in his family to go to college and, and get this kind of a job. It was, he was a financial analyst. And he was so thankful to the Lord to get this job, and he got it. And 
you know, a couple years later, I, f I heard from other friends that he had gotten let go. He had gotten let go. He'd gotten fired, or well, not fired, but there were there were job cuts, and and his 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 job was on the cutting block, and and for two weeks he was depressed. He was sad. His heart was broken, and he cried out to God, "Why, God, would you do this to me? Why?" Am I the first person to go to college and get this job and I get let go? And what I'd heard was he, he didn't get out of bed for a while, but two weeks after he'd gotten let go, he turned on the TV and he saw two airplanes fly into the World Trade Center buildings where he had worked. And he got his answer. That's why. God did that. Now, was that a, a curse or was that a blessing from the Lord? It was a blessing. So sometimes in our lives, God does, he orders our lives because he knows everything that's going to happen. And sometimes what he does for us in our lives, we don't like at the time. But with the bigger picture, it'll be a wonderful blessing. Wonderful blessing. So, lastly, and we're, um, we're almost done here, God knows everything, so we don't have to. God knows everything, so we can trust him. Look at verse 6. David says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. And so after thinking about everything that God knows about him and the world, he realizes how amazing and how awesome God is. And he says it's too wonderful. Right? The idea here is it's so splendid, so amazing, so astonishing that he almost can't look at it. Like looking into the sun that's so brilliant, it hurts our eyes. God's knowledge is like that. It's too much. It's too high. Um, it's so high that we can never reach it. It's too much because there's so much that God knows that we can't fit into our little noggins here. So what does that mean? It means then that when we confess that God's knowledge is too wonderful, too high, and too much, we, what we do is we confess that he knows everything and we don't. And so we bow the knee and we worship him. We stand in awe of him. We love him and adore him and we thank him. Because if he knows everything and we don't, and he knows us and loves us, and he's revealed to us all those things that we need, then what we don't know, who do we go to in order to know? Yes, yes, that is why God knows everything and why he deserves our worship and our faith and our trust. That's why we go to him in prayer. Because we say, Lord, there are things in my life that I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to do. I don't know how this is going to work out. 
but God, will you help me? Because you know everything. And then he works everything out for, for your good and his glory. So I hope that it will drive you to pray and to worship and to love the Lord. Isaiah says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. And so, since God knows everything, including us, we don't have to know everything. And when we know that God knows everything, it humbles us to know everything through God, from God, from His Word, from those who are wiser than us. And because God knows everything about us, He wants us to know everything so that we can know Him. When you, you know, kids, when you guys talk to your parents, and, you know, have you ever talked to your parents and you, you found something out that you never knew before? Yeah? Isn't that wonderful when you get to know your parents? Well, God tells us everything so that we can know Him. And we can go to Him. We can know that He knows everything, and we can go to Him with, with that. Now, let me ask you this, and we're, we're here at the end. If God can see us and he knows us, if he knows our thoughts and our ways, and then the, you know, talking about the bad things, when he looks up, when he searches us and he knows us, he sees our sin, right? He sees our, our selfishness, our pride, our know-it-allness, right? Even when we don't know the answer, we know the answer and we say it anyway. We have pride. He sends Jesus, who knows God perfectly. He knows God because he is God. He's both God and man. And that he represents the fullness of who God is to us. And if we want to know God, if we want to know as much as we can about God, then who do we have to know in order to know him? Jesus. Jesus. He is, he is that representative, that go-between. So that if we know Jesus, we know God. And so that's why God sent Jesus into the world because when God looked at us, he searched us and he knew us, he knew our sin, and he said, you know what? In order to forgive our sins, he had to punish sinners. And he sent Jesus into the world so that we might know him, so that we might be saved by him, and so instead of punishing you and me for our sins, Jesus took our sins in his own body so that when God looked at Jesus, he searched him and tried him and knew him, there was no sin at all. But Jesus died on the cross because he took our sin. 
And so God slayed him, punished him. He was the wicked man that we are when, he, when God really looks into our hearts and he sees our sin. And we are once and for all forgiven. And through faith in Jesus Christ, after rising from the dead three days, he came to new life to give you and me new life so that we might know him through faith. God knows everything about everything in every way about you and me so that through Jesus Christ we might know everything about everything about him who loves us and that through Jesus gives us a knowledge a perfect good knowledge of who he is for us and he loves us and Paul says in Colossians 2 3 and 4 in Christ we reach all the riches of full understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery in Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge do you want to know God do you want him to know you then trust in the Lord Jesus Christ if you know him you know God are there any questions anybody any questions any more stories <laughs> let's pray together our father we thank you for your omniscience we thank you that you know everything and not only everything about the world, but you know us. And Lord, we thank you that even though you know us, you love us anyway. And you sent Jesus so that we can know you. Bless, bless us this evening as we go out and get a good night's sleep. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.